the Holy Spirit. Amen. This Sunday is called, surprise, surprise, Good Shepherd Sunday. And that's why you hear in our readings a lot about a good shepherd and who that is. And particularly when we think about Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And as we listen to those words of abiding in green pastures by still waters, there's just an image of uh, care, of being sustained, supported, uplifted, all of those beautiful images that we hold near and dear. And that's why Psalm 23 is the most well-known, one of the most well-known pieces of scripture ever that people, even when they know maybe nothing about the faith, they hear, those, they hear those words, the Lord is my shepherd. And it's used by, uh, by, by priests a lot at times of crisis, at times of, of illness, of times of death. It's, it's just one of those just uh, amazing pieces of scripture for us. And it really... Um, pushes us to reaffirm our sense of God's presence and that we will indeed dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So that's one image of of the good shepherd, God as the good shepherd. But there's another image that is used, and we'll talk about it as it unfolds with these other readings. And what that has to do with is is a political view of the shepherd as the the leader, the leader of the flock, the uh, one who um, basically shepherds the sheep. And we we even use that in present day when we hear about, you know, uh, the minister or the priest as the shepherd of the flock, you know, and... um, And so there's been this theme of the shepherd as the leader of of the faith throughout our biblical record, right even back into the Old Testament. Um, The Jewish leaders, the leaders of the faith, were thought to be the shepherds of the flock. And then there is the tension between uh, being a good shepherd or a not-so-good shepherd, and a good shepherd or a hired hand, and the difference between those and how it, it um, uh, makes a huge difference to the sheep as to what you got. Have I got a good shepherd or have I got a not-so-good shepherd? In our passage from Acts today, that uh, tension between the good shepherd and the hired hand or the not-so-good shepherd is really highlighted. I'd, I'd like to give you a little bit of backstory on the passage because it kind of pulls it out of our passage for today, pulls the whole story out. Of, out. Um, Peter and John have just healed a man born lame. 
He had, had depended on his buddies to take him to a, a gate in, in Jerusalem where he could beg. And uh, Peter and John have, have healed him, and the man has gone with Peter and John to the temple. And the temple leadership, and it's interesting in this passage that they are named. We hear Annas and Caiaphas. Okay, where have you heard those names before, folks? At Jesus' crucifixion. They were the religious leaders of the day who were present at Jesus' crucifixion. And so when you hear those words, that's telling you something about who these folks are. They are the religious leaders who actually crucified Christ, or at least allowed it all to happen. I'm not going to lay it all on them because it was bigger than them. Uh, and so we have this sense of this power, this um, uh, knowledge of the faith, this sense of, of being the ones that literally could control life or death for people. And then we have set up against that are Peter and John. And who are Peter and John? They're these uneducated fishermen guys from Galilee. No buddies, no power, no nothing. And yet, here they are being brought into the presence of the religious leaders, and they have healed someone. They have been attracting people to Christ. Thousands of people are being drawn to Christ. And it's up against this, this powerful religious leadership. And, you know, the other thing to note about Peter and John is that these are these people who in the past have been scared little rabbits up in the upper room, scared that they're going to get taken off to, to be crucified as well. And here they are standing boldly in front of the Jewish leadership willing to die for their faith. Something has happened to those people. Something has gone on. Something has transformed them. And we, and, <coughs> excuse me, and what has transformed them is that they are living the risen life of Christ in themselves. They have been, uh, experienced the resurrection by seeing Christ in, after his death, but they have also been transformed by that from being these guys that were, were uh, timid and fearful to, to these men that are willing to face down the religious leaders of their time. And so we have this sense in which being a shepherd is not all the sweetness of, and light of Psalm 23. It's also a political statement about how you actually lead. What matters here? What kind of leadership are, are you going to be? And the question that the religious leaders ask them is not like, how did you heal this guy? It's by whose power have you healed this guy? And what Peter responds with is by the power of Christ. That is the power that I am filled with. That is the power that heals. 
And so we have this sense in which the uh, religious leaders of the Jewish faith are being faced down by the uh, power of Christ to lead. Now, as we listen to this, part of us is saying, hey, look, I'm just, I'm just a little sheep sitting in a pew. Like, what the heck have I got to do with being a shepherd? I don't even know any shepherds. Like, I, my connection to shepherds is like this much, zero. Uh, don't even, I don't even know if I've ever patted a sheep, you know? So, so what's it got to do with us? Part of it has to do with recognizing the world that we live in now. We live in a world that does not know our faith. Now, in the past, you could assume that pretty much anybody that was, that was around knew about Jesus, knew the basic storyline, knew the faith, maybe knew the Lord's Prayer, knew, knew stuff. That is not the case now. A lot of folks out there couldn't even tell you what really Jesus, what Christmas was about. Like, really, um, I was driving the other day, uh, we were going down Main Street and we passed the town theater, um, and um, a movie was on called The Apostle Paul. And I just said, oh, I heard about that, that movie. It sounds like they did a good job of Paul, you know. And, and the person sitting next to me said, Paul who? Like, what, what's up with Paul? Like, and I just went, oh, man, I can't. <laughs> I'm not spending. Well, really important guy. <laughs> what can we say? And I just, at that moment, it was one more time that I realized that that folks don't know. Folks don't know. Now, they're, they're, it, when we say the word Christian, however, oh, they're sure they know. Right? And we all know what they think they know. Right? We know that they've got the list in their, oh, those rigid, inflexible, you know, right, self-righteous so-and-sos. That's who the Christians are. Well, you know what? We know something different. We know who we are. And it's not that. And so what our job here is, is that in fact every single one of us here is a shepherd. We're all shepherds. We're all called to let the world know who the Christians are, and what they are, and what we're about. And how, what we are about is love, which is from our first John passage for today, which riffs off of the Gospel of John, which is the Gospel of love. Love, love, abide, a love, just keep loving. And that's what, but, it's more than just the loving. Gotta tell you. And here's the kicker part that for Anglicans is really tough. I'm gonna share a story with you. It'll capture it for you. It comes from the Unbinding series that we used a couple of years ago for Lent. 
There was a woman who was a hairdresser, and she was going through a horrific divorce, and she had uh, kids, and it was not going well. And of course, all you women, maybe men too, know that you, over time, you know your hairdresser. It matters. It matters what's going on in their life. It matters what's going on in your life. You share stuff. I've had the same hairdresser for probably almost 20 years. What she doesn't know about my life and what I don't know about her life is not worth knowing. <laughs> you know? And, and so, so this, the, the, the woman's a hairdresser. This divorce is, is really preying upon her. And she's, she's cutting hair. And one woman brings, her, brings dinner for her and her family. And, and just helps out that way. Another woman offers to look after her kids while she has to go to the lawyer. And then another woman uh, comes and mows her lawn and does some weeding in the garden for her so she doesn't have to worry about it. And so, you know, that was wonderful that they were such generous, wonderful people. And so the, the hairdresser was wandering um, around in her neighborhood one evening and happened to notice the small church in her neighborhood. And she, she's, she's drawn to it. She's ne never really noticed the church before, but today she's drawn to it. And she, so, so she says to herself, okay, on Sunday I'll go to church. So, so she, goes, she walks into church on Sunday morning, and who should be there? The lady that brought her the casserole, the lady that looked after her kids, and the lady that mowed her lawn. And none of those ladies happened to tell her that possibly she might find something at the church, that she might find something that could sustain her at the church because they never shared about that. And that's the hard part for us. We're all pretty good about the loving part. We are. Like, there's a lot of folks in this place that do a lot of good stuff. But do we say, in the name of Christ? Do we? Are you kidding me? Oh, no way. No, I do it because I got a big heart, you know? How did I get a big heart? I got a big heart because I'm in this community that cares about people, cares about what's going on, cares about how you are with God, cares about what God's doing in your life, cares about where Jesus is. That's how come I'm a loving person. That's how come I can share. Is because it matters that Christ is in my life. And that's the part that we are called upon to share with those in our community beyond our doors that Jesus matters to us, that we come to church on Sunday morning for just more than hanging out with good folks. Because honestly, couldn't we all find something better to do at 9.15 on Sunday morning than this? Really? We could. But we, we find something here, and it matters. So why aren't we sharing it? And that's what brings us actually back to Psalm 23. How is it that I will be able to stay, say to someone, 
oh, you know, All Saints is a really good place. There's some really great people there, and we have a really a worshiping community that's wonderful. How do I get the guts to say that? How do I? Because I have trust in God who will sustain me forever, all the days of my life. That though I walk through this valley of the shadow of saying I believe, I will fear no evil. Really? Yeah. That the psalm takes us back to knowing that we are with God and that God is walking with us at every moment and that in those moments of the greatest fear that we have, God is saying, it's okay, you can do this. You can say, yeah. You know, have you ever thought, I'd love you to come and join us. And so that is how that image of the shepherd which is God, uh, helps us and transforms us into being apostles like Peter and John that can face down anybody and say, the power is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Turning to the bottom of the first page, let us stand and say together the Hear, O Israel. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first